politicians are the virus. Yeah, man, maybe I am dumb. You think you're free? You think you're free just because you can't see the cage they keep you in? Fauci jerked off a pangolin, and now we all have COVID. It's us against them, guys. Get out there and spread that love and liberty. Let's go. In a minute, we're going to be spreading love and liberty with Mark Clare. Now, Mark is a podcaster. He owns his own podcasting network. He's been fighting that liberty battle for a long time. And now he's doing what my family has been trying to do. And he's attempting to get dual passports to set his family up with options. You're going to love him. Now, people, it has been a rough few weeks here for the Dad Presents banned on Facebook, suspended on Twitter, two strikes on YouTube. And now, you know, in the past week, I've released a few promo videos and the lefties are murdering this nugget. They're killing me. So guys, I need your help. Please go to youtube.com slash super bad dad and click subscribe. Please go to rumble.com slash the dad presents and click subscribe. Please go to itunes.com slash the dad presents and click subscribe and give us five stars. None of that costs you nothing. And it helps feed some minority children who live in my home. So, you know, you get to do a good deed and you get to feel good about yourself. Then when your lefty friend comes at you and he starts calling you racist because you voted for you know, the black face of white supremacy, Larry Elder, you can say, hey, bro, I fed some minority babies today. What'd you do? Suck it. (laughs) Thanks, guys. All right. Let's get into the show. Okay, guys, Mark Clare is one of the most influential Liberty podcasters in the world, and he's been in this game a lot longer than most of us. He started the Lions of Liberty Network, which has really kind of blown up in the last year or so. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? Thanks, Matt, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to have you. Um, so let's talk about Lions of Liberty for just just a minute. Your your network, it's growing. Um, it's ballsy to start your own thing like that. I love that. I congratulate you on your success. Thanks. Liberty is really catching on like in the last I'd say last three months, it's really finally catching on. What do you think the tipping point has been? I guess it all depends on on what how we define catching on, but there's certainly been like a fire. I don't know if it's libertarianism that's catching on, but there is a, a fire and sort of a, a fury, you might want to say, that has, there's an energy. That's the best way to put it. There's an energy, I think. And that energy is, I think, becoming instinctually anti-establishment, becoming instinctually more distrusting of official narratives in a way that we just haven't seen before. And in some ways, it seems like there has just been maybe an overplay of the hand, whereas a lot of stuff in the past could have stayed in the realm of conspiracy because it just was just in little bits and pieces here and there, gradually, slowly. They Mm kind of took a big leap here in the last two years with some of this stuff, Uh, whether it's I don't want to get you in trouble on YouTube. We get in trouble all the time, but let's just say whether it's about it. a recent electoral thing that happened in the last two years or whether it's a disease of some kind that's come about in the last two years, uh, the overplay of the hand, I think, has created uh, an instinctual desire by many to uh, repel that and to be against it. So I don't know if it's per se liberty in the philosophical sense, but it is certainly um, it's it's certainly something. And what yeah. that something turns into remains to be seen. Uh, I think an energy like that can turn into something positive. To be frank with you, it could turn into something negative too. It yeah. could it could turn into something, it could be the right version, the uh, as opposed when I by that I mean the right versus left paradigm. It could be the right's version of what we're so against with the left. So I don't want to get too excited, but I agree that that something is happening. And well, we should yeah, try you, to influence you, that what that is as much as possible. Yeah, you nailed it in that it's a distrust of the establishment. And and it, for me, it's been going on for 20 years. The the first eye-opening event was was the Iraq war. Then you had the bailouts in 2008. Um, and now when, when Donald Trump got elected, that was eye-opening to me as, wow, there's a lot of people who don't trust the establishment, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But what I think really has tipped the scales and brought massive amounts of people into the distrusting the establishment arena is as what we've seen with Omicron. Like it just exposed so many lies about COVID that a lot of people had bought 
for a long time. I think Omicron was a was a a big tipping point. And you're right; it's not necessarily that people are diving into libertarianism, but they're looking for other options. So yeah. it's a moment that can be taken advantage of. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, I, I don't know how many people are going to come out of this saying, hey, I have to go read Murray Rothbard and, and, and look at Ludwig von Mises. And, you know, I, but I think there's are people coming out of it. that are saying, wait a minute, have I really been lied to this whole time? And if that's the case, how long has this been going on, really? Because if yeah. you think about it, Matt, only in the last decade or so, like we had the internet before the last decade, but only in the last decade, I think like 4G internet, where it was all on, on our phones, only came out in 2011, 2012, where you could really do things quickly and we're really communicating and really building communities online. Um, that's only been in the last 10 years or so. So what the kind of thing that might have taken decades or something like that to sort of come out or to to get through our very um, primitive, I guess at the time, communication systems, whether it's a conspiracy or information or just new ideas, that stuff can spread so quickly now that it's crazy. I yes. mean, think about memes like the Pepe meme. I mean, it, that went from like an idea on 4chan to worldwide known meme in months. And it, yes. so it's just crazy how how language and how ideas can travel and evolve now. And again, this can be a positive thing, it could be a negative thing. So, cause I, cause no, it can really right. go both, both ways. Yeah. We could, we could see a boomerang effect where, you know, a decade ago, it seemed like the, um, the people restricting Liberty were the Republicans and we could see a, a boomerang effect where they get back into power and they just do the same nonsense, but in, in, you know, they, they abuse power in the ways that benefit them. So the, the, the problem is the abuse of power. It's not, the Democrats or the Republicans. The problem is the abuse of power. Um, so libertarians need to find a way to, to capitalize on this and get that message out there. Because I do see, you know, everybody's talking like uh, Republicans are going to have a big win in the fall. And I, I think that's true. And that could be a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing. Like what kind of Republicans are we going to get in there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's nobody should ever hang their hope on any politician or any political party or any one thing being their savior. And I think for a long time, especially libertarians, like um, a lot of people look to Ron Paul as like our savior. Like, oh, mm. my God, he's finally here. We have someone that can run for president that can awaken the masses. And a lot of people are seeing others as potential saviors along the way. And I think just that idea is is fallacious. I mean, we're you're always going to be in a battle of ideas. Uh, you're always going to be in a, a state of evolution of some kind. So I think the best we can do is rec a recognize the world we're in, recognize the trends that are going on out there, recognize why they're happening and try to influence them. Of course, you know, but I, I think there's different people have different ideas about how, how things should be influenced. And I don't want to send myself on a rant that I don't need to go on, but I, it's the kind of thing I've been talking about a lot, a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, in the past few weeks, we've, we've seen the narrative collapse about COVID. Um, and we've heard some important people like the president and um, Fauci and the CDC stating things that we've been stating for two years. We had that Johns Hopkins study just come out. Uh, a, part of it, when I hear these things, it validates me a little bit. I feel a little validated, but I also get furious because we've known these things for a long time. Um, I've not had anyone come up to me who's ridiculed me in the past two years, like friends and say, sorry, I don't expect that. I don't need that. Don't hold your breath. But I, I yeah, I, I'm sure you haven't either, but I would like, I would like, I would like people who, who have been right to get built up a little social credit so that next time we get into one of these situations, maybe they look to us. How do we, how do we get that? Is that, is that attainable? Well, definitely not by saying I told you so, because that just right. never works no. <laughs> that, as no, much as it's the sure. instinct, of course. Um, I think what we really need to think about is, is, is the narrative collapsing or is the narrative shifting? Because there is a difference there. And I see it more as a shift, an intentional shift. Now, maybe it's a shift that's occurring just because it, it has gone on so long that maybe the polls, you know, they just say like, we can't live politically. We can't, we can't survive politically by doing this anymore. So we have to shift the narrative and we have to, to take control of that shift. So that is more what I see going on than a collapse. I see almost an intentional shift that is, you know, it, it's a chicken egg thing. You know, it is, is the shift happening because the narrative collapsing was collapsing or does it feel like the narrative is collapsing because there was a shift happening and there's probably both, both occurring simultaneously in, in some way. Um, but 
I think what we really need to focus on is where is this going next? Because the people that set this stuff up or took advantage of it, however you want to see the world, Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't change their ethic. They didn't change their worldview. Um, you know, I, I don't think Joe Biden or, or Anthony oh, Foss, no, no. Fauci have, have found Jesus here. <laughs> so we have to ask ourselves, why is this happening? Maybe there's a good thing because finally, like some of the quote unquote truth or whatever, or, or our perspectives are getting yeah. out there. But I'm just very suspicious of when you see the same people that were psychos and telling telling you the unvaccinated shouldn't be a part of society a couple months later saying, oh, maybe we had it all wrong. Maybe we should back away. Ask yourselves why that is. And I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I, I am saying I'm a little suspicious about it. Oh, no, you, you have every right to be suspicious and they're not to be trusted. And I, I think it's both of the things it's collapsing and it's shifting. It, it's collapsing. And because it's collapsing, they're shifting it. Right. They're not just going to come out and say we were wrong about everything. So the, the new narrative kind of seems like just yesterday, California announced they will be dropping the mask mandate. However, unless you're not vaccinated indoors. Exactly. So <laughs> so the narrative is shifting to, well, everything we did worked. Mm-hmm. COVID is going away. So now you guys can take off your masks if you were obedient with us, which is really kind of sinister. It's, like, it's just one more trick to get everybody vaccinated. But I feel like I don't expect them to change their narrative. But when I say the narrative is changing, I feel like most people are catching on to the game at this point. Do you, do you not feel that way? It depends. Well, look, the fact is I haven't been in the U.S. in six months. <laughs> so oh, where are you? Maybe I'm, I'm in Mexico. I've been in Mexico since September. I have. I shouldn't say I haven't been. I've been back a couple of times for a couple of work related things. But uh, no, I've, I've been living in Mexico since September, essentially, uh, with my wife and my stepson while we work on their immigration to the U.S. So this is the only country we're all, we're all allowed to be in at, at the same time. Gotcha. Um, so maybe my finger isn't as much on the pulse uh, in some ways. So that fair enough. Like a lot of my, a lot of what I see is is just what I get from Twitter, basically. So I'm not really there on the ground seeing this stuff. But I I've, I haven't seen anyone who I know who was a COVID psycho, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. Um, suddenly say my god i was totally had that wrong my god i i mean you know if if anything like like you kind of said there there is more of a oh yeah we did every everything we did worked even though and now and we don't need to now they are kind of admitting like maybe we don't need to worry about omicron as much maybe we can live with this a little bit um again like you said the stuff we've people like us have been saying for two years now uh the question is like where where are we going because we're still on the same path at the end of the day maybe this particular chapter is closing but the story is still being told and the story is the great reset the story is what they have been trying to put into place for a long time it's not a conspiracy they have a podcast about it (laughs) they're pretty open talking about their plans and they are trying to to take us into this world of dependence and put us back into really what was the standard default of humanity for thousands and thousands of years and that is feudalism that is where regular people don't really have control of their own resources maybe they rent resources from somebody or pay taxes to a king or a politician Mm -hmm. or a governor or whatever we're heading more back into that because I think things got a little out of control in the last hundred years. No, uh, no. I think there was a little too much freedom going on. People were becoming, especially in the last 10, 15, 20 years of the internet. I mean, people are becoming more independent. People are able to make their own way and break away from the system should they so choose to. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of a, well, what have we, what have we done here? <laughs> like the, yeah. uh, the, the animal, the, the cows on the farm are, are running loose. We gotta, we gotta herd them back in. And that's that's where this is going. That is, it's the world of you'll own nothing and you'll you'll love it and you'll be happy or whatever. Well, they're 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 straight up basically telling us that when they say things like expect less and you know realize how how blessed you are and learn to live with less and and they're already preparing us for. It. So there's there's no doubt the the overlords, the masters, the the leaders. That's what they want. Um, but what I've noticed is people who have been in my face for two years have backed off. So I think they're starting to get it. Like I, I, I'm talking about general society. They seem they're less aggressive about it. So I, to me, that means they're starting to come to their senses a little bit. So you're in Panama, um, Mexico, you, Mexico. I'm sorry. You're in Mexico. I, I, that was, that was me speaking on us. We tried to, um, expatriate to panama and oh, that's it, right yeah i think you yeah that. and it, it kind of fell apart because at mm. the last minute yeah you're, you're you're business partners with the guy who was helping us yeah um, he they changed that that residency rule 
Well, we got in under under the bar. We rushed, we oh, spent did. the money, we did everything, but then we were supposed to go back on January 8th mm-hmm. to finalize it, and we all got COVID, so we couldn't uh, fly. So gotcha. now, it's, are you trying to expatriate to Mexico, or are you trying to get people here to America? What's yeah. going on with you? Yes, yes. The latter? <laughs> both. No, both. Oh, both, both, really, ultimately. Okay. Um, I mean, both in, in the in the sense of we want to have our options. So I'm, I am a trying which it should be easy but i mean i can tell you a million stories about why it hasn't been easy but it legally speaking it should be easy for me to get mexican residency uh and then i'm my wife already has a green card so we're just finishing residency for her son uh who we have full custody of so that's why we're here in mexico right now uh, gotcha. uh but really the the goal is to have options the goal is yes. to be able to do whatever we want so ultimately we want to have two passports we want to have we want to both be able to go everywhere so yeah. you know we're, we're looking at we're, we're looking at florida is what we're looking at in the in the short term but Again, we're just kind of stuck in the middle of a bureaucratic process on two ends. So yeah. we're both trying to be legal everywhere as much as that is statist or whatever, but you it's, need it's what we have to do. Yeah. No, you need options. I, it sounds like you're thinking like us, uh, you threw Florida in there. I, I bought my first house and I bought it in Amazing. Florida. So we're thinking, Sweet. we're thinking about that too. We're trying to keep all the options open because nobody knows how all of this is going to unfold. And I just want to be prepared. Yeah. Um, let, let me shift gears a little bit. This, this, uh, trucker thing that's going on. It's amazing. I, I I love it. And it's also amazing how the establishment has reacted to it. You got the prime minister calling these people racist, like pulling out the same tricks that they pull out. It, it's amazing to me that the leftists want permanent control of power in the world forever, yet their forever plan seems to be just to call everything racist. And that plan worked for a little while, but I don't think it's going to, I think they need some new tricks. Um, I don't think people look at those truckers and see them as racist. This feels like the first thing in my lifetime, the first actual protest in my lifetime that was actually blue collar workers against everyone else. Can, can these truckers win? Depends on how we're defining win, I, I, I guess, but I mean, it, it's certainly well, exciting win, to see. win by the, the metric they've set up, set up that they want these restrictions repealed. Can they win? Can that happen? Do you want um, do, do you want extremely optimistic Mark or realistic Mark? I want realistic <laughs> I could give Mark. You, I could give you both views. I, I don't think they're going to get these these rules overturned in, in Canada. Uh, I would be very surprised, very happily, happily surprised if they did. Uh, I think they will be blamed for all the problems that, that come with it. And I think they will be scapegoated. And, and I, it will be interesting to see what how long they hold out because at some point this is going to cause major problems for people oh, yeah. in Canada and the United States. And mm-hmm. I don't think Justin Trudeau is going to get the blame. <laughs> I, I think they are going to get the blame and, um, and it's going to be interesting to see where that leads. I mean, it, it is showing us something, something that anybody that understands our supply systems at all knows already. There's no, there's pretty much no profession more important than truckers. I mean, there, right. there really isn't because doctors, well, whatever. Uh, I mean, they're great. Uh, like, Truckers bring the doctors the equipment, so like the doctors yeah. can't doctor without truckers. We can't do anything without mm. without the. There's stuff no that backup plan. Profit. There's no there's, there's no none. backup plan for getting yeah. these supplies out. So yeah, you're right. They're they're already doing that. They're already doing the things you said. Um, it is going to interrupt the supply chain. They will blame the truckers, but the truckers they have the power. And you know, I come from a, a blue collar family. I know I know these kind of people. When you push against these people. They're not the kind. I don't think they're the kind of people that back down. I think it just makes them more aggressive. So I feel like, yeah, it's going to get real ugly, but I feel like they, they, they might win it. Yeah, my my concern is that it just. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be doing it. I'm I'm glad there's actually because to me the street protests that we see they're nice, but they don't do anything. They're they're to me a, a street protest is 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 a, an act of submission. You know, it to me when I when I see this stuff, I'm just talking about. Marching with the signs, marching with yeah. the signs, which Worthless. we don't even have in the U.S. because they, they, you know that that's happening in Europe. It's happening all over the world. Uh, to me, that stuff is again nice. It's nice that people are upset, but it's also saying, "Please, please give us our rights back." It's not taking anything back. It's not taking mm-hmm. anything. It's just it's just more begging, 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 begging. So the trucker thing is at least interesting because it's not just begging. It's saying, "No, we have the power here, and yeah. you need us." So yes. what are we going to do here? But I. I don't know how it's going to play out in Canada. 
I really don't. But I I don't think it's going to be all roses, no, no matter yeah. what. Uh, if it if it ends up better in a better situation, maybe they'll change some rules at the border for the trucks. But I doubt Canada is going to change its internal rules. So maybe the border rules might change, or the U.S. might change its rules in some way. Because it's both. This is going both ways. Like that, you can't get yes. into the U.S. without a vax, and you can't go into Canada without a vax. So the thing is fucked both ways on the border. So. Maybe Biden will back down. Um, I, I really would have a hard time seeing Canada changing its internal rules. Uh, in, in regard, I mean, they they basically are are a Nazi state at this point. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be afraid to say not that. Basically. You have internal passports. Yeah, I mean, are, they are. They are. <laughs> you have internal passports. Uh, you know, you can't even take a train. I think, in, in, mo- in a lot of parts of Canada, without a vaccine passport, and you certainly can't get into or leave the country or leave the country. And where would you go anyway? You can't get on a plane, and you can't come to the U.S. without a vaccine. So you're pretty much trapped forever or until this changes like i want to think this stuff is going to change i just think that the groundwork has been laid with covid and the groundwork has been laid for biometric health passports the ground has been laid for for these passports that are it starts with biometric but it turns into everything it's the social Mm -hmm. credit score they they started this in china that was the experiment that was just to get the kinks out because let's be honest the chinese aren't going to resist this stuff so that's where it started now it's in canada and australia because apparently well at least we all thought they weren't going to resist stuff so the, the trucker thing did throw an interesting angle on things i think um but this is where it's going either way so unless that turns around yeah there might be a, sp- a small victory here or there but the groundwork has been laid so unless unless the the tracks start getting ripped out i don't know if this is a good analogy i've never worked on a train um unless we start ripping out the roads and the tracks it, it, you know that that infrastructure has been created and accepted by a large large portion of the population including people that are against mandates well you're not against a mandate if you show if you show anybody a vaccine passport you're just a you're just a bullshitter you're just someone who likes to get likes on twitter and say you're against mandates but if you go and take a vaccine and start showing your passport to get everywhere then you're not against the mandate so right. i don't want to hear that you no, i agree with that 100 you know. I, I i've made that stand here like i'm not going anywhere i actually got the the j and j in june but i refused to, to show the thing and i regret getting it. it made me more sick than co i still got covid and i was really? more sick from the vaccine than anyway yeah. i'm not gonna go further on that because that will get me my fourth yeah because we want because i'm yeah, yeah. it's um, not gonna be my fault all right i, I i'm gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm careful on other people's shows but not not so much on mine yeah and <laughs> we're gonna get into censorship because that one's burning my ass the most but okay mm-hmm. i asked you to be realistic and you were and it made me sad so let me if we're if this trucker protest doesn't work what's what is the next move? Do we have, is there any hope? Is there any hope for Liberty? Or are we just destined to have these ESG scores? Should, should we just give up? Well, we shouldn't, you should never give up. I, I think it's all about where you're going to direct your time and your energy. And this is something I've been talking about a lot. So I, I think to try to change the course of the entire nation or the entire world, it, I, I really, I th- cause I think what, what's happened here with COVID is that, a lot of like this is a mass hysteria. So for a lot of normal people, they're maybe starting to get it and starting to back off a little bit. But there's probably at least 20 percent of the population who has permanently changed. I mean, they are changed. They are scarred. They are broken. They're never going back from this attitude. Maybe they go back from COVID, but they're not going back from their hypochondria and their control and their no, I see it every day. wanting to force mm-hmm. people to take vaccines. So I think it. I, I, I don't see a hope in changing that. But I do see hope at the individual level and the community level, because at the same time, much to the chagrin of the people that are trying to do the reset, we do have more opportunity than ever to create, to carve our own niche. Look at what we're doing right now. We're, we're both talking on our, one, on our respective businesses and, and we're in totally different countries and we just have these microphones in front of us. And in seconds after you upload this thing, people around the world are going to be able to hear it. I mean, that's amazing. And we can sure. take advantage of that. And not just by podcasting. That's nice if you want to do it. Um, there's enough podcasts probably. <laughs> um, but I shouldn't say that because I do podcast consulting for not a, not a living, but it's one of my side, side hustles that I've been, I've been getting going. So I don't want to discourage people from podcasting, of course. Uh, but I, you know, I think there are things we can do to insulate ourselves or our families better from this going forward, but that's, that's going to be very much at the individual level, the community level. It may be at the political level in communities or in certain states like Florida. Obviously Florida is drastically different than California. Whereas 20 years ago, they're just different places. Maybe like Florida has lower taxes, a little more humidity. No, these are different worlds right now, different universes. So I think like affecting things on that local level, even that state level, I think there can be pockets of 
more liberty, I guess you might say, pockets of more opportunity. But at the end of the day, it's going to be all about building your community. And we build a lot of communities online, and that's great. Um, we also need to build our in-person communities, you know? So it's all about finding your people, whether it's and it's all about building your tribe. And that's, you know, that's something that applies to podcasting, but it applies to life as well. And I, and I think we do have opportunities to connect with people like we never had before. We have the ability to move to different places like we never had before. And I think if people decide to take charge of their own lives, I mean, I'm not doing the easy thing right now. I left a very, very well-paying job last year for a number of reasons that we're not going to fully get into today. But the easy thing to do would have been to stay at that job. That would be the easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. I'm making far less money. (laughs) Trust me, I gave up a lot. But I did it for a reason, not just so I can come on a podcast and say, woe is me. I did it because I I saw where things are going and I wanted to build a better path for myself and my family. So I I think if people recognize where we are right now, which is basically 1939 Nazi Germany and you're a Jew and I'm a Jew. I am actually a Jew, but that's that's (laughs) beside the point. Um, But that's where we are right now. So... I'm not saying the whole country is Nazi Germany, but a lot of it is. So first thing you do when you're in Nazi Germany and you recognize it Get the fuck is out. leave Nazi Germany. Yeah. <laughs> leave Nazi Germany. And right. maybe that doesn't apply to the United States as a whole, but it applies to a lot of places. It certainly it applies to any place that has a vaccine passport. I'll tell you that. Yep. It applies to any place that has a vaccine passport in place right now. If you live in one of these places, leave. And if you don't leave, don't don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I told you what to do. Uh, don't don't look at me because if yep. you insist on staying in these places and you insist on planting, and I understand, because I, I, I know a lot of people that grew up in California that are like, they're the ones that suck. Why should I leave? This is my home. This is the, this is where I'm planting my flag. So whatever, but don't say I didn't told you because I won't say I told you so. Someone else might. Uh, right. Uh, but like certain places are not turning around. Like it's those, hard to leave. It's hard yeah. to. You're right about California. It's hard to leave here. It's it's magical. My kids don't want to leave. Yeah. We have a community. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best place on earth. I've been all over the place. What part of California are you in? We're we're in Southern California, Redondo Beach, and it's amazing. Oh, you man, uh, it's it's funny. We didn't connect before before uh, before I left because I was I was just by LAX, like maybe twenty to thirty minutes from there. That's okay. Funny. Yeah, it's great, but it's not. I don't see California turning around. I I don't see it happening. But you mentioned podcasts, and you mentioned how we. I, I love having the podcast. I love how it's grown and we're reaching people, but they can turn this off like that with these ESG scores. Like they, a, a guy like you, okay. Turn, turning to um, freedom of speech, right? We've, we had a, a page of 70,000 people on Facebook. They, they banned us because I mm-hmm. interviewed a couple doctors who they didn't like. Uh, we got a couple strikes on Twitter. I'm currently banned there for a week. Uh, three strikes on YouTube. It's being stripped away. It's being stripped away. Somehow the show's still growing, um, but it's being stripped away. A guy like you, okay, left your job. You're you're in Mexico. You got your own network. Like somebody needs to go next level with this bitch and start a true freedom platform. Like start it. Get investors. Become the richest man in the world. Hire Zuckerberg to wash your balls. Like who? How do? Is that something that's ever crossed your mind? Like taking on something that big. Well, I, I think here's the thing. I think if we're just focused on the platforms themselves, it's kind of like the expat thing, which I'm a big fan of and I agree with. Um, but, you know, like you can't you can you don't want to just be in a place where you're hopping from country to country to country out of fear, like you're just running from the thing. You want to go somewhere because it's a better opportunity, not because the last thing was so bad. And you don't want to just be hopping from platform to platform to platform to platform as another one gets um, more totalitarian, another one starts censoring. No, I don't. This and that. So I'm um, saying, but get our own, make one. No, no, I see what you're saying. I, what I'm saying is that I think the focus on the platform is is the issue. We need to focus on the protocols. We need to know how to make platforms. And that 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 is the knowledge that people need to acquire. That that's why I have been taking courses and learning a lot more about cryptocurrency, blockchain, how it really works. I'm in a coding class right now uh, where I'm actually learning to create a wallet. I'm learning how to create the infrastructure for this type of thing. So I don't know if I will make a platform myself, but the the knowledge of how to do that is much more important than the actual platform. So I think it's the protocols that matter. So we need more people You're learning right. these protocols, learning and having that ability. So whatever, wipe out our platforms i got a protocol i'll build i'll build it up i'll build another one tomorrow and 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 cryptocurrency and blockchain based technologies do enable us to do this in a way that has never we've never seen before so yeah maybe my podcast host would shut me down youtube's definitely going to shut me down at some point i'm I'm shocked we're we're still there uh but 
but if if we know the protocols and we have people that know the protocols, they can never really take it all away. We can always have a place. We can always create our own host, create our own platform. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's it's yeah, maybe we could, somebody create, could create a platform there. I mean, there's Odyssey now, which I think is I, I love Odyssey. I think they're great. Uh, there's Rumble too. Um, uh, to me, Odyssey is the best because it's sense it's completely sensor free. I mean, even Rumble in their service agreement says something like, "Yeah, we might take your stuff down if we disagree with it." So oh, at yeah. the end of the day, so they they have the that's why i think it's not so important about the platform as much as the protocols the way rumble is set up there's really nothing stopping rumble as much as they might be good now from becoming mm-hmm. a youtube once they get bigger once they get yep. more money once they get more sure. sponsored selling we don't want the stuff on there um odyssey is set up a little different where it's really just it just goes you know you, there's nobody decide making decisions you know to, to ban anything on odyssey um it's all done by the users so when you say um, you're, you're learning the protocols what where are you seeking this information out how are you learning the protocols if other people well, I, do i'm that? personally i'm personally learning from uh, Vin Armani, aka Cyprian. I, I took his Bitcoin mystery school and now I'm in his wallet apprentice course. Uh, so that's that's where I'm learning, but he's certainly not the only person that could teach these things. Uh, there are certainly many, many, many knowledgeable people. people. That's just someone I've connected with through podcasting and I found to be uh, an incredible teacher. Um, and so that, I'm, look, I don't, I'm not about to become necessarily like a coding whiz or anything like that, but I, I, I don't want to be out here telling people, oh yeah, you should learn the protocols and, and learn to really build this stuff and, and not just focus on platforms. And then I'm doing, I'm just focusing on the platform. So that's why I want to learn this just for myself. And because, yeah, I don't know where things are going to go. I, I, honestly, I think in some, someday it's probably going to be illegal to learn what I'm learning, to, to yeah. teach what I'm learning anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, yeah. I wish Learning will true. be illegal for sure. hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. And that's why so we got to build yeah. the infrastructure. Um, exactly. I, yeah. I've been involved in cryptocurrency since 2014. It's, uh, smartest. I make a lot of bad decisions. Best decision I ever made in my life was getting involved in cryptocurrency. There's been a lot of speculation recently. Like I, I saw it from the beginning as a pathway to freedom. Like it, it removes the biggest impediment to freedom has been the government's control of money. I mean, that's clearly it. Like if you remove that now you're free. Um, I've been hearing a lot of speculation and, and I will hear any conspiracy theory now and I will not immediately uh, reject it. I'll think it through because we've seen enough of them play out to be true. I've now heard a lot of talk about maybe the government invented cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Is there any, have you heard this? Is there any kind of proof, any evidence that this might actually be the case? I have definitely heard the conspiracy theory or the conspiracy that Satoshi was intelligence and created this stuff. Um, I don't, I've never seen any evidence of that. Um, I can't say it's not true. I mean, they're, cause they're, look, they're bringing in cryptocurrency too. You're going to see a CB, CBDC this year, a crypto a back, do, not crypto back, a digital dollar basically. Yeah. And, that, and eventually that's going to be what they want us all on. And then eventually that's, all it's connected to your health passports, connected to your social media. Uh, they can turn off your money, and because with that they could do that. Yeah. Um. So I think that you know any technology can be used for bad or good. Uh. At the end of the day, though, even if it was created by the government, um, that might have been a mistake because the technology is the technology. The technology exists. The technology is it. They didn't invent the technology, even if it, Satoshi didn't invent the technology either, or the whoever made it did not invent it. They discovered it. That's a big difference. They didn't create something. They discovered something. They discovered that they can do this. They discovered that this is something that works. Sure. So now that the knowledge exists, or not, not that it exists, it already existed. It's existed since the dawn of time. You know, the number, the math, and the, that's all. That's all part of the universe we're in. So it all, it's always existed. We just had it. Just it's just been discovered and utilized in the last fifteen years or so. So it can never be undiscovered now. It can right. never be unknown. That's impossible. Um, so yes, even, and- even if it was created in that way, oops, because now we have it. Yes. Kind of, um, we can, we can recreate if, if Bitcoin is theirs, we can recreate it and do decentralized and, and all of that. And that would be wonderful, but they could jump in and snag all the Bitcoin. Like they just, there was oh, just if we're some talking couple- specifically Bitcoin. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm using Bitcoin small B colloquially about cryptocurrencies in general. Yeah. Uh, which we can we can create we can, we can recreate Bitcoin. They already have, <laughs> you know, they they've forked it a million times. So there's nothing special about Bitcoin at, at all. I mean, really, I mean, te- technologically, there's nothing special about Big B Bitcoin. Uh, there's just it's just the best name, the biggest brand name, the the first in the market, and all that stuff. So yeah, maybe if they even that though, can they really take all your? They really they still need your private keys to take your Bitcoin. Well, they just snagged like 4.5 billion from some couple who was who was. Uh, trying to launder money or something. I just, re- I don't know the details, but I read that on Twitter this morning. So that, they get my it? heart, 
palpitate a little bit. I don't know. I don't know the details yeah. of that. It I mean, freaked they, me out. They though. got the private keys somehow. That I mean, they probably yes. took their computer and had a warrant and found the private keys and then they took it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, um, I, if there's another way to take it, I don't even know what that is, technologically speaking. So. Yeah. All right. Well, you talked earlier about um, getting involved in your community and making changes in the community. And, and I've noticed in the past few weeks, we've seen some libertarians. We've seen a lot of libertarians running, which is encouraging. We've seen some recently win office and then the local governments just ignore it and don't swear them in. How is that? I haven't, heard, I haven't heard about that. I haven't there's, heard about that. One. There's a mayor in Indiana. There's been a few of them. Yeah, they've not been sworn in. Hmm. Um, okay, you so mean like Big L libertarians? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about libertarians now running for office. You you recently hosted a debate between Dave Smith and uh, Spike Cohen. It was a great debate. Really enjoyed it. I love both those guys. We've had Spike on about three times. Dave Dave's not interested in us. Hurts my feelings. Whatever. Um, but Dave, Dave's a, big time in you. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of infighting in the libertarian community, and it, it's it's disappointing in the party because I see right now there's a real opportunity for the libertarian party to people are looking for answers otherwise, and then they come over here and they see all the infighting, and they're like, oh, they're just like everybody else. What is the core difference between the Mises Caucus and the old guard, and is this infighting going to resolve? Uh, the only difference between the Mises caucus and the old guard is that the Mises caucus are the new guys and the old guard are the old guys. And when the Mises caucus gets in charge, they'll become the old guard <laughs> because at the end of the day, this is about what, what these parties are and what this political system are is, uh, I, I don't see any, any way, uh, not a single way and barring drastic changes to our entire governmental system and our entire electoral system of the libertarian party being able to be remotely effective uh in any way shape or form that doesn't mean individuals involved in the libertarian party can't i mean because a lot of people are are winning did win elections last year but they won elections either against nobody in many cases or they were nonpartisan elections and they weren't running as a libertarian per se they just were libertarians and won an office uh and which tells me you don't need the Libertarian Party, per se, for that. In fact, it probably, not probably, it 100% uh, turns people away. They could be your allies. Because you're telling, the if you're talking, talking to a Democrat and you're saying, well, I'm in this Libertarian Party, well, they're going to say, well, then you're my enemy. You're in this, you're in this other party. You're not, you're, you're actively working against me. Same thing for Republicans. So you're already telling 80 to 90% of the population, I'm not with you. You're not with me. We're in different tribes. I think that's a huge mistake. And six, five, six years ago, I didn't care. Because I found the Libertarian Party a place where I made friends, a place where I got along with people, a place where I went to conventions and had a good time. Uh, but I always knew. Why did I know? Because they told me. They said, yeah, we're going to get on the ballot. We're going to go petition. Yeah, we know we don't have a chance to win. I, I can't tell you how many people I interviewed in the Libertarian Party that told me in the interview that they knew they had no chance yeah. to win and Most did not expect to win. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which five or six years ago, I was like, cool. I, I know too. Great. Go talk about the ideas. That's lovely. It's hard for me to have the same attitude in 2022. I actually just wrote a Substack article about this today. Um, so um, really what, what I hate to see are people wasting their time. And especially now, especially now where we, there's no time to waste. And if, if people haven't picked up on that in the last couple of years, then I, I don't know if listening to me say it's going to change them. But maybe I speak from personal experience here. In fact, I do. But you cannot just rest on your laurels. For, forget COVID. Pretend COVID never happened. It was true then. I just realized it because of COVID. COVID just pushed me more. You know, I got furloughed for three months from my job mm -hmm. uh, last year. And then this year, some other things. You know, it's all related to this stuff. But really, the lesson is you're not safe. You're not safe. It doesn't matter what, how much money you make. You're not safe just being at a job. You're not even just safe running a side, running a side hustle or running your own business. But at least when you're starting to do that stuff, you are you are protecting yourself in the sense that you're diversifying who your clients are. When you work for a company and you have a job, you have, you're an entrepreneur with one client and, and that's it. And so if you lose that client, you're fucked. So 
I think it's, and I don't know how I got to this from the Libertarian Party stuff. My, my point was, was my point really is that I, I hate to see people because I know people like this that can't pay their rent or are saying, shit, I can't go to this convention because I need, because I don't have enough money for to feed my family next week. If you're saying that, what the fuck are you doing involved in, in politics, eh? In the Libertarian Party extra, because now you're not only just involved in politics, you're involved in politics that you pretty much know and can tell yourself is going to be ineffective. Yeah. So you're making the active decision, not you, but you're making like people that with that in that position are making the active decision to waste their time and to put themselves in a worse position than they were in previously. And a lot of people get upset with me for saying this, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't say it out of anything but love because if I'm, uh, I use this analogy on on Pete's show the other day. If I'm if I'm in a car with the, with you, Matt, if you and I are driving, and I I see ahead like oh my god, there's a there's something blocking the road, like there's a tree falling, but you're not paying attention. You're just driving, and you think everything's fine because you didn't notice the tree in, in the road, and you're just listening to music. And if I if I grab you or I yell Matt 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 and or grab the wheel, I'm not doing it because I'm angry at you. <laughs> I'm doing it because I don't want you to hit the tree, and I don't want to hit the tree. So that that's what I that's where I'm coming from with this stuff because I I know and love. Of many, many people in the Mises Caucus and the Libertarian Party that have invested tremendous amounts of time into this. And some of those people, like Dave Smith and Spike Cohen, are two great examples. Some of those people have been very successful in their lives and are are in a position to be out there doing politics and just spreading a message and talking about this stuff. So those are the kind of people you do want to follow, like Dave and Spike. I think they're great examples of the kind of person that should get into politics because you've already set the yeah. example. You've already set your your family up. Uh, you're not going to not – Dave Smith is not worried about paying his well, – maybe he is, but I don't think so. I don't think Dave Smith or Spike Cohen are worried about paying their rent next week because they were spending too much time camp doing political stuff stuff um but a lot of people are i've seen it i've heard them i've seen them say this so it's people like that i want to i want to just wake the fuck up and and realize that politics is not going to be your salvation and libertarian party politics is not going to be your salvation and this probably wasn't the answer you were looking for but it's it's the truth of what i've been thinking and talking about lately well no you're right you're right they're not the the libertarian party is not going to win uh, so I think Dave, I mean, Dave comes out and says it. He knows he's not going to be president. He just wants to get a message out there. Like he wants to spread a message. Um, but for people on the individual level, we got to be taking care of ourselves. We got to be fighting in our communities. So yeah. inflation is through the roof right now, right? We've been, we've been warning of this for a long time and now it's, it's here and it's not going to get better. So you're talking about people, they need to, they need to take better care of themselves and their communities. What should they be doing to save themselves? Well, look, I, I, I can't tell anybody exactly what to do or exactly how to live their lives, even though I've kind of been doing that for the last few <laughs> minutes. I'm just saying what not to do. Um, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. Everybody's in a different situation. Everybody has different things to worry about. Some people are just a single guy that just has to worry about themselves, which I think is part of the problem with some of this stuff, because when they have a lot, lot of single guys, and I was a single, I used to be one of these guys. So I know like you just don't care about as much stuff. You just don't right. as when you have no, a family that's true. because, and that's just nature, you know, like I have something to protect now. I have something yes. to take care of now. It's very different way to very different. So that person it's more might, of a, when you're a single guy, politics is more of a, a hobby. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it doesn't really yes. matter because you, exactly. you're going to be fine. Yeah. Totally. Exactly right. And that that's something I've been saying a lot. Like I used to look at politics as a hobby. Like, so it was fun. So if I'm just going to libertarian conventions, going to bars, like hanging out on Bourbon Street with people that share views with me, like I'm having a blast. I'm having a good time. Who cares? Like, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a hobby. It was absolutely a hobby. Now I can't view it as a hobby anymore because if it's, if, if, if things are so serious that you're involved in politics, well, then it's not a hobby. Then it's, then it's something serious. Uh, but really, like, even then, even effective politics, I, I wouldn't say even getting involved with the Republican Party or even local politics if you don't have your own house in order first. Like, if you can't lose your job tomorrow and just know that you're fine for the next year or two, then you have things to work on. And I say this not as someone who is fine in a year or two and doesn't have a job. Like I, I am in the process. I am evolving. I, I have been thrust into this in many ways. Um, many ways I definitely didn't see coming two years ago. So I'm just here saying, look, I've seen this. I'm here. I'm here in front. All right. I'm in the front of the bus. So I see, I see the traffic coming. I see the blockades in the road the best because I'm, I'm sitting in the front seat. 
and I've been out in front doing this, living this in my life. So I'm not saying this is not, I'm not imagining this stuff. No, this is, I'm reporting from the front lines of, yeah. of what, what can happen if you're not prepared. And luckily I wasn't completely unprepared. I've been actually, like I said, I've had this podcast for eight years. Uh, I developed a lot of relationships through those. I worked my way into a few side gigs th- basically through that. And so, you know, but that was, even that was just happening to me for a long time. And I was just kind of like, I wasn't being an active as much of an active participant as I've been the last year, year and a half. Um, so look, I, I think in, unless you are about to just take any jab that you want to take, you're going to lose, you, you need to leave your job soon, like in the next couple of years, almost everybody. I know that my, the mandates just went back and uh, that's temporary. That's a blockade. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's a bump in the road for them. This is all coming in. Yep. Um, so yes, maybe there's a small victory that gives you, you some breathing room. Don't use the breathing room to, to, to just, you know, to just party, use the breathing room to, to get your house in order. Um, yeah, that's man. what I would say. So if, if we're getting a reprieve, use it, please use that time wisely is, is my message to people. Mark, I've been, I've been feeling hopeful and positive the past couple of weeks. And <laughs> this I, is just a kick in the ass. I didn't I mean feel- to come here and black pill everybody nope, here, but I, nope. I'm trying to be real. It's it's a reality check and it makes me feel like I need to jump off this podcast and get back to work. <laughs> Does me um, I tell myself that every day. But this is work for me, so yeah. you know. No, me too. I can tell yeah, myself yeah, that anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, excellent stuff. I, I appreciate the honesty. Um it, and I do like the reality check about the Libertarian Party, because we talk a lot about the Libertarian Party here. And uh, it it's not gonna amount to what we need it to amount to. So we need people need to start planning and they need to start taking care of their own house. You're absolutely right. Uh, Mark, tell people where they can hear more of this wonderful kind of stuff and where they can find you. Uh, so many places, uh, lions of Liberty, uh, lions, Liberty.com, uh, at lions, Liberty on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. I, I like to tweet. Uh, it's at Mark M A R C the letter D Claire C L A R C L A I R at Mark D Claire. I also host another podcast, the second print comics podcast, which I co-host with my friend Remzo Martinez. We are both libertarians. It is not a libertarian podcast. It is a comic book podcast. Uh, so if you're looking for a break for politics and, and, uh, and if you, like us, you may enjoy that show. But at the same time, we are libertarians and we have these views. So things kind of leak out. So if you're sure. of our like mind, you'll hear certain things. You're like, oh, yeah, that's the libertarian in them talking. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's something that's really just a passion project that we're at. Uh, much like Lions Liberty, it's a passion project that has rapidly evolved into a business. Lions Liberty wasn't so rapid, but this is this is pretty rapid. Uh, we're already you know, more than paying our expenses with our with our Patreon, so that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean th- that's what I'm doing. Also, as I mentioned, I do do po- I do do I do do podcast consulting as well. Um, so you can hit me up. Just you can just email me marc.clair. I have to spell my first name because everyone likes to use the K, and you won't find me that way. I got a brother uh, so named Mark just- with a C. Yeah, yeah. The, the real marks, as, as we're known. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can just hit me up at mark.claire at gmail.com if, if you're interested in talking about that stuff. And uh, follow my Substack, sub, markclaire.substack.com as well. Awesome. Yeah, I, I hear you on the libertarianism bleeding through on the comic podcast. This was this is the Dad Presents. This was started right. about three and a half years ago as a parenting podcast. When the lockdowns hit, it kind of morphed and we've not looked back. We try to tie it all into uh, how it applies to the children because that's what I care about, but it's become, it's become a fight. So it's changed. Um, Guys, if you like this show, you're going to love lions of Liberty, check it out. It's great stuff. Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I sure did enjoy talking to Mark. I've listened to his show for a long time. Good dude, smart guy, you know, a little bit of a black pill. Got to be honest. Made me feel a little nervous. Made me feel like I, I got to, start pushing harder, get my family set up. And that's a good, you know, it's good to have that kick in the pants. But anyway, now we are going to close the show with Reed Coverdale. He's a friend. He's blowing up in the Liberty podcasting world. And he just made his first ever appearance on Kennedy last night. First ever TV appearance. He was awesome. You know, Reed's all, he's all grown up and we're proud. Here he was. It started in Canada, and now it's going global. Welcome to a new week, by the way. Wink. Uh, The Canadian Freedom Convoy shining a spotlight on personal freedom and the fights against COVID tyranny. The truckers say they're fighting back against vaccine mandates, which threaten their livelihoods. They also claim the world's economy would grind to a halt if there were no truckers. 
Here with me now, heavy haul truck driver and the host of the naturalist capitalist. I'm surprised he's wearing clothes with a podcast called that. Reed Coverdale joins me. Hi, Reed. How you doing, Kennedy? Uh, I'm super. I'm so glad you're here. Olivia Rondeau was shouting you out last week. Lo and behold, you appear on the showroom as though we rubbed the bottle and the genie flew out named you. Uh, so let's talk about this. How did it start and what is your part? Uh, in the United States, I'm actually not connected with anyone organizing a protest at the time. But all this stuff with uh, truckers that's going on in Canada, uh, it goes back a long way. Truck drivers have been oppressed for a long time by the government. We've had ridiculous regulations on us that make it hard to work, and they just keep adding on stuff. And then with the COVID regulations, it's made it even more impossible. So what do you expect people to do if you push them hard enough? Even though the world economy does depend on them, even though the, uh, the shelves in the stores are not going to be stocked if they stop running, if you push them hard enough, they're going to have no other choice. And that's what's happening in Canada. That's what's happening all around the world. Mm. And unfortunately, it could also happen here and people aren't going to be happy about it. So the government had better start thinking about what they're doing and think about reversing course. Yeah, it's really interesting because we didn't realize how much we need truckers until the supply chain crisis uh, really punched people in the Tic Tac sack. And then they started feeling it when store shelves were empty. Uh, they couldn't get supplies, components for manufacturing. And a, a lot of things have been very, very scarce because of that. So obviously we need truckers. So uh, forcing more mandates onto truckers, which is a dwindling body to begin with, uh, is so antithetical to what it might take to end the supply chain crisis. So you, you've got a bunch of things happening at once, but does it surprise you that big government, wherever it is, like their first reaction is to make something worse because they can? No, not at all. And both Democrats and Republicans have been responsible for this throughout the entire time I've had my CDL. They've taken tens of thousands of truck drivers off the I road know what that is in the last of couple Marcos, of years. A commercial yeah, driver's license. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And then um, there's been, um, you know, more ridiculous training that you have to get. Lots of states are trying to make it so you have to basically get a college degree in order to get a driver's license. And it's funny that the Democrats get so upset about this protest. And what it's really about is they don't want workers to have rights. They don't want workers to make their own decisions. They want to have power over these workers. They want to have unions controlling them. They want to have government institutions controlling them. They're angry that workers are trying to make their own individual decisions. You ask your average worker what he thinks about OSHA, what he thinks about unions, you'll find a huge disparity between what the people who claim to be for workers' rights and what the actual workers out in the field think. Yeah, and we saw that big disconnect in the 2016 presidential election here in these United States. But it's really interesting. I mean, it's solitary work, isn't it? You're not around a bunch of people. It's not a collective the way it might be on a factory floor. Uh, so why, when will big government and big unions decouple? Is, could this be an impetus? Yeah, I think people are finally waking up to the fact that uh, government institutions and big unions and uh, big organized, uh, you know, b different big organizations, they really don't care about the workers. It's becoming more and more obvious. And unfortunately, people are going to feel pain. Unfortunately, the shelves are not going to be stocked. Unfortunately, the economy is going to come to even more of a halt than it already has. And I just hope people start waking up and realizing that the problem is the government. The problem is centralization. Yes. We need to decentralize. We need to take ownership over our own lives again. And we need to live and let live or this country is going to end as we know it. Who cares about workers more, AOC or Dave Smith? Dave Smith. Dave Smith, 2024, by the way. He's my <laughs> man all the way. See, I knew you'd <laughs> like that one. Uh, Reed Coverdale, thanks so much. Appreciate talking to you. Thank you, Kennedy.